This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show. Dennis Watson, talk to me about uh, Aaron Rodgers going to start against the Giants. I'm surprised because he hasn't played since 2018, and I thought, you know, for sure that would not be the case. I didn't think he would go out there. I think he thought, you know, we would see him in the joint practices, and they would treat it as the tune-up. I think they just want to get the starting offense out there for a series, maybe two. I would think one and just get out there to kind of get it together out there, get the feel, and then get off the field. It makes that game a lot more interesting, that's for sure. You know, I mean, you had the Giants, like, will Daniel Jones play, that kind of thing. The NFL world will be focused on that first series by Aaron Rodgers on Saturday night. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number three, Sunday edition of the Hardesty Show. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. Also on X at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. We've been talking a little baseball, a little football. We've focused on the Jets. And if you're a Jet fan, you got to be really concerned. I mean, you got to be sitting, you got to be, are you sure you, are you really sure you want to do this? Isn't the uh, joint practices enough? Couldn't, isn't that enough to say? You know, what 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 are you trying to do here? Well, it's it's going to be the ultimate test, right? And Dennis is right. That's gonna be fascinating to watch and see how this works. Especially against a Giants team that has looked pretty good in the in the preseason. Looked pretty good. And one of the reasons they have looked good, especially offensively, is Darren Waller. Here's what Darren Waller had to say about the challenges on getting used to new surroundings with the Giants. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, you talk about a new city. I like to do things that local that locals do. Go get pizza where there's good pizza at or whatever. So just like immerse myself in the city, allow myself to, to be there and uh, find a home. And talk with my teammates. Just somebody told me like, if you if you want a friend, be a friend. So it's like try to just connect with those guys and uh, just show them who I really am and let them know that, hey, I'm in it with you guys. It's not about me coming here to try to turn my career around or, you know, get things for me. It's about, you know, me being a part of what you guys have going and uh, this being a, an experience for us so it's been fun it's been uh it's been a challenge but i feel like i respond well to challenges um i have my whole life and i feel like uh, this is going to be no different once again his abilities are off the charts and he's up there in the conversations with kelsey uh and, and other really talented tight ends he's right there he, he is right there he's top three four tight ends in the national football league easily and once again, you know the situation. It's about availability with him. But if he can be available for them, he opens up a lot of different things. Even the fact that you have to acknowledge and roll coverage over his way, it's going to leave things open and available you know, for other players on, the, on that Giants offense. It's going to make a difference. It just definitely is. Hey, Darren Waller, what do you see from uh, Daniel Jones, especially on game day? 
For me, uh, I know for my process getting ready for a game, I like to make like my day and you know just my personality, how I carry myself, be the same every day, like from practice to a game. And I, I see that in him. It's like there's nothing really different from a practice to a game. Like he has to get more hype or more intense. It's just like he's just himself, confident in what he brings to the table, and his performance is consistent as well. And that's why we love him. All right, Daniel Jones. What do you see from Darren Waller? He's a big target, you know, runs good routes, creates separation. He's an easy guy to find. So, yeah, I don't know. He's a, he's a talented player, smart guy, understands defense, understands where we're using him and, and uh, how to get open. They work very well together. They build a, a chemistry that's only going to get better. And if you're a Giant fan, it is it should be, if everything goes well, it should be a markedly different offense from what you slugged through last season. Yeah, you're still going to have the RPOs with Daniel Jones. Yes, you're still going to have uh, Saquon Barkley coming out of the backfield and catching the ball out of the backfield. Yes, you are. But you've got some weapons to get the ball down the field. And Jalen Hyatt is one of those guys. And I've had a couple of players tell me, a couple of former players tell me, about Jalen Hyatt and how well he has looked in practice. So, uh, Brian Dable, tell me about Jalen Hyatt. What have you seen from him so far in training camp? Well, look, I mean, we've, we ran him on a bunch of short routes. We hit him on that big route. You know, we're just trying to help him be a better receiver. So, you know, we ask him to do quite a bit of stuff. He runs a variety of routes, short, intermediate, deep. But again, he's a young player like the other rookies we have that we'll just we'll kind of try to bring along and, and try to put him in good positions. I mentioned it earlier. The thing that impressed me was he had a big drop, but they came back to him and he recovered, made the catch, did what is so easy, is what everybody, every coach wants you to do, but what is so tough to do. And that is put the last play out of your mind and let's go and focus on the next play. He did that. And here's what Brian Debel had to say about Hyatt bouncing back after the drop. What I like, we, you know, he had that drop and Kafka dialed it up the very next play where we thought we'd, the ball would go and he made the play. So good next play mentality, positive approach. Again, much like all the other rookies, we're just still chopping wood here. <laughs> Jordan Runon was on with Anita Marks and he weighs in on what he's seen and what the Giants can expect from the rookie Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, I think what we saw from Hyatt last night is kind of what we're going to get. You, you know, he'll mix into the offense a good amount, but he what he's going to do is he's not going to be like a thousand yard receiving guy. You know, probably even a seven or eight hundred yard receiving guy. But what he's going to do is he's going to be able to give them big plays, right? And he's going to be able to contribute two or three catches a game, one or two big plays. And in this time, it was a thirty-three yard touchdown uh, reception from Tyrod Taylor. Uh, but yeah, that speed is special. And you're seeing it. Like there's be there'll be times. You know, even recently, he's been kind of quiet recently. But then you're like, ah, eh, guess he's slowing down. You know, starting to get hit a little more. You get in live action. He gets banged up here or there. Like you're seeing that a bunch. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here's Jalen Hyatt going for a touchdown. Like that's what he's going to bring to the table this year as a rookie. Ultimately, he'll probably have to get bigger, stronger, more consistent. You saw him drop the pass last night. But that's sort of what you're going to get this year. Listen, if he gives you that one or two big plays where you can score, that's more than you got consistently from your from your offense wide receiver last year. And once again, this is with coverage rolled over to Darren Waller. And Waller's going to be able to, there's going to be some place you're going to be able to take care of Waller and he's going to put in the position where Jones is going to be able to find him and make some plays as well. So for me, 
That's why the more I watch this team, and once again, I get the opponent, I do, and I understand how tough this giant schedule is. Okay, I do. But I still think they can put enough together to get to the postseason. I think the offense is going to be better. The defense, I have a lot of faith in. Wake Martindale, I've said that before uh, on shows here, and I, I continue to do. I have a lot of respect of what he was able to do with the Ravens, and I think maybe he doesn't have the same talent, but I do think that the attitude he has and the scheme that he brings forth and fitting people in the scheme that he has, it's it's a major difference. So I think he'll be able to get enough defensively so that if the offense is able to put points on the board, he's going to really have fun. You're not going to want to go into the fourth quarter trailing against this Giants team. If they're up a touchdown or two, it's going to be hard to get back at them because all the different blitz packages and all the different things that Wake Martindale can put together, it's going to be tough. Now, once again, I get the division they're in. I get the schedule they have. But I think they have a shot to get to the playoffs. I really do. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. How good they can get, like what level they can get to, to me depends on what they get from the two edge rushers. You saw from Kayvon Thibodeau, a couple splash plays, two plays in a row. The first one, he actually got the sack granted. They kind of forgot to you know, block him. <laughs> but second, next play, again, pressure. Uh, there was a penalty on the play that doesn't technically count, but he, he created a pressure when the hold wasn't even on him. That would take their defense to another level because we know what Dexter Lawrence is. I mean, he's going to be dominant. He was dominant again last night. Uh, we know that Leonard Williams is a really good player. The back end, look, they'll have their ups and downs. Deontay Banks, if he ends up matched up against A.J. Brown, he'll have his struggles, right? It won't be pretty. But if you can get enough pass rush, and the way that they'll be able to do that is if Thibodeau and or Ojolari. See, that's, like I just said, and Jordan agrees with me. See? It's about this defense is going to be okay. And if they get the linebacker play that he wants, it just what it does, it makes it simple. It makes it a little easier for defenses, their defense, to do to play straight up and not have to bring as many blitzes, not have to do the things that, you know, he may not want to do as far as putting a corner on an island or doing something of that nature where you want to blitz, you really want to, but you're not, oh, in this play, I don't know if that's what I want to do. I want to, you know. If they can get that type of positioning, as he's mentioned, you got to feel pretty good. You really do. 1-800-919-3776, Talking Giants and Jets. Let's go to Eddie and Rockland. Eddie, you are next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Doing good, Eddie. What's up? Uh, well, on this Jets, you know, you know, like the Mets last year, everybody was saying they're going to get in the playoffs, they're going to do some damage and stuff. Uh-huh. And and I, and I don't want to kill on the kid, uh, Zach Wilson, because uh-huh. here we go again, another preseason of he looks great, he looks fantastic, he looks great. But you know what? Sometimes you, you, you got to do it while it's, you know, blood and guts time. And if uh-huh. Rodgers goes down, I still don't feel confident he can ride it or do a couple of games to get you into the playoffs. Right. He's like your Achilles heel. Uh And here they go again, talking him up. And what they're really going to do is talk him up. If he doesn't see the field to a bigger contract. 
Yeah, but I, I'll so, say this, and, and and I hear what you're saying, Eddie. Thanks for the phone call. I don't think that. See, this is the problem for Zach Wilson, and what I was alluding to um, with the previous caller last hour, and that is for him to show you that he has taken enough steps that you are confident that he could be your number one guy, and then even even give him a franchise tag for one year in this fifth year. It means that Aaron Rodgers has been seriously hurt or something's happened, and he's and you've seen him in meaningful games performing. And so I don't know that he's going to get the opportunity that you'll see him just against backups and then, okay, he's backed up. He, he, he's played well in preseason. All right, that's good, and that's important. Okay, because you want to see growth. You need to see what this guy has. You need to see, okay, Aaron Rodgers is working with him. He's listening. Aaron Rodgers has been a great teacher. Clearly, uh, and, and I heard a, a number of people talk about this, and when you people who have covered Aaron Rodgers, uh, folks who have been NFL broadcasters have covered Aaron Rodgers and games and stuff, and they've all said to really almost in unison, that they've never seen this Aaron Rodgers like this. Like this is a really a guy who's, you know, open and friendly and smiling and everything. And listen, I get it. We'll see what happens when you get some adversity. We'll see what happens when things don't go the way you think they are. All right. And we've seen some frustration from him on some of these joint practices where the offensive line play has not been the best. So I get it. And, and we'll find out, you know, this is the same guy that told us to relax. All right, so we'll see what happens. But once again, for for you to properly see what Zach Wilson can bring to the table, something has to happen to Aaron Rodgers. And really, honestly, you don't want to see that. Not from Zach Wilson's standpoint, but from Aaron Rodgers' standpoint because of how much you have invested in this working the, a certain way. You're trying to get to the postseason, number one. Here's what you're trying to do. Number one, you're trying to win your division. Number two, you're trying to get to the postseason. And number three, you're trying to go as deep into the postseason as you can, hopefully to the Super Bowl. That's what you're trying to do in your first year from a team that won seven games last year but lost their last six. And yes, quarterback play was a major factor, but the defense failed in the last month of the season as well. And the coaches have some accountability on this too. So that's a lot to do in a year. And so, once again, I don't know that Zach Wilson gets the opportunity. In a perfect world, Jet fans, Zach Wilson will not see the field in the next two years for you. That's what you're hoping. Meaningful games, you're hoping that he never plays another meaningful game for you in the next two years. Because that means that Aaron Rodgers was hurt at some point in time during that, and you don't want to see that whatsoever. Not what you want to see. 1-800-919-3776. 1-800-919-3776. John's in North Bergen. What's up, John? How you doing, Larry? I'm doing great, John. What's going on? All right. It's been a while since I've spoken to you. Last Why? Time. Come like, on, John. Why haven't you called me more often? I'm sorry. <laughs> I love listening to you. You know I always tell you I'm that. I'm just messing with you, John. I'm night. just joking. I'm just joking. I know, What's going on, my friend? I know, Larry. Uh, nothing. I love everything you're saying about my Giants, man. Um, I'm excited, bro. I called the station because I listen to ESPN radio all day. Uh, I called DNR 
Barton Scott, uh, Barton and Han, I mean, and anyway, but I'm excited, bro. Uh, uh, um, the team the Giants have on paper this year compared to last year is totally different. And, you know, um, I said it before, like, last year we couldn't compete with the Eagles, but this year I believe we can. And I even believe we could take the division, Larry. What do you think? John, I'll tell you this. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Always call. Um, I'm not ready to go that far because I have a lot of respect for Philadelphia. I know that they've had some injuries. I know they've had some losses because of contracts and stuff like that. I I, I gotta see. I, I, it's hard for me to say that the Giants are ready to take the division. Okay, I've got to see what happens. But um, for right now, for me, I think the Giants have a good shot at making the postseason. I really do. And I like their offense and I like their defense. But the main thing that I've really been impressed with is the fact that, uh, you know, there's been questions about whether or not Robert Sala is a a good head coach or whether we've seen some things or this or that and the other. Because of Brian Dabo's experience, because of his track record, you don't have that question here. And and I'm not comparing the two because Brian Dabo has been a head coach longer than Robert Sala has been a head coach. But you could see the difference, and once again, he did follow Joe Judge. So let's put an asterisk. <laughs> okay, let's put an asterisk. But nevertheless, uh, you can just see what a difference a coach makes. What a difference a head coach makes. There's a sense of professionalism. There was a sense of discipline. There was a sense of, okay, I get, you know. And once again, football is not like you know. Baseball, we don't want you yelling at the players. Or basketball, you know, you got to, you know, got to be nice. This is, you know, it's football. So there's yelling. There's yelling coaches to players. There's yelling players to position coaches and coordinators and yelling. There's a lot of yelling. <laughs> it's a little different. Okay, it's a little different. But nevertheless, um, it's, you can see what Dable brings to the table here. So the Giants will be ready to go. The Giants will be ready to make the adjustments. And those are the things that you really respect about this Giants team. And here's the, and if you're a Giant fan, here's the fun thing. They're still not done getting this team together. Okay. They still have, they're still trying to bring in their type of player. They're still trying to bring in and get rid of the contracts that they were left with from the previous administration. So they still have the opportunity to get even better than what they are. So that's that for a giant fan has got to be exciting. It's got to be. Because they've made, listen, you didn't expect to get to the playoffs last year. Come on. And then to win a game. (laughs) You got to the playoffs and won a game. And I get it. There is the possibility, if you're looking at this realistically and the schedule, there is the possibility that you could, and Ron On has said it, LaGreca has said it, Rothenberg has said it, you could be have a worse record and be a better team because of the schedule. That's possible. 
I mean, what were you, 9-6-1 and one last year? So it's possible that you could take a, st- a step back from the win-loss column and still be better. I just think with that defense, and if you get anything from your offense, which I expect that you will, because Dable and Kafka are going to put Daniel Jones in the position where he's going to be successful. They did it last year with less talent. So now that you have weapons offensively, you know they're going to put him in a great position. And if he starts throwing picks, they'll rein him in. They'll be yelling at him on the sidelines like they yelled at him last year. (laughs) This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Yankees got to run. Oh, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Will they get more than that? That's the question. 1-800-919-3776. Talking a little Giants and Jets. Let's talk to Cornelius in Hell's Kitchen. Cornelius, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how are you today? I'm doing great, Cornelius. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you asking. Um, I want to tell you what, what's going to go down with the Jets and what's no, what people really aren't talking about. Like you, mm-hmm. you just mentioned last season, we lost the last six games. If you look at the time of possession our offense had against how much our defense was playing, it's, it's a two-to-one ratio. These guys, these guys were burnt out. No one's talking about the aspect of Rodgers being a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's also a master of throwing defenses offsides, catching late changes, and producing first downs, which Zach Wilson didn't have the experience and had really no clue on how to do so. The time of possession on our offense is going to greatly increase, and these guys are going to be rested. The defense is not going to play anywhere near the amount of minutes they played last year. And when you mentioned before about Zach Wilson not getting any quality time, and the only way he's going to play is if Rodgers goes down, I got a feeling there's going to be situations that the defense is going to be very stingy because they arrested. Rodgers is going to throw up 21, 28 points, have a nice little buffer, and you're going to have hands-on training in the last, last the half of the third and the full fourth because you also got to rest the 40-year-old quarterback. So... I think, as you said before, Zach Wilson will see playing time. And if he takes that period and a half, the quarter and a half, and makes it tangible and says, okay, this is my time to actually do something, not just you know garbage time and wheel it out. I know the way I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers right now, he's going to be coaching Zach Wilson up that last quarter if he got free time to play. So I think with the aspect of the offense giving the defense more time to rest, they're going to be more stingy. They're going to be a better defense. And there will be some time for Zach Wilson to actually play. Cornelius, thanks for the phone call. Uh, if you're a Jet fan, you just loved what Cornelius had to say. That would be perfect. Because that means you're putting up enough points and you're dominating that you can have time to give Zach Wilson some mop-up duty because, once again, you don't want to get Aaron Rodgers hurt. But when I look at this schedule... With the first, now maybe at the back end of the season, yes. But the first part of the schedule, I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be a dogfight. And you are 1,000% right, Cornelius, with the defense. The defense did, was on the field a lot. They were. 
because they weren't getting any help from the offense. And everybody knows that. We understand it. And Aaron Rodgers, if he is vintage Aaron Rodgers, does all the things that you've said. He draws, draws defenses off sides. He's experienced. He reads coverages. He does a lot of really, really good things. That's why they got him. <laughs> because he's a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and they believe he's got another couple of years left. And he can get them to where they want to go and help bring along their young quarterback. That is the game plan. And if what you said is true. It works to perfection. I'm just not sure that it's going to be as easy as it sounds. Yes, I agree that Aaron Rodgers is a tremendous quarterback. And it's funny because I'm starting to hear a lot of people, well, you know, he's he was this in Green Bay, and they didn't win that, and he was still a great quarterback, but he didn't lead them anywhere. And it's 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 funny. But here's the bottom line. The bottom line here is if Aaron Rodgers in a bad year last season was on the Jets, the Jets would have ran to the playoffs. <laughs> As bad as his season was last year, he was not vintage Aaron Rodgers. But he threw for, what, 3,500 yards? (laughs) The Jet offense didn't have 3,500 yards in like a bunch of games. Like, like maybe the season. (laughs) That's how bad the offense was. So, once again, Cornelius, if what you say holds true, then yes, the Jets will be able to gain a reasonable idea of what and how Zach Wilson has improved as a quarterback. And then they will have a decision to make. Either they will keep him and say, all right, we think that this would project project into a situation where He's going to be a really good quarterback. Maybe not franchise, but a really good quarterback until we draft another one or we see or we've seen enough improvement that he's our guy. Okay, maybe he's not franchise, but he's our guy. We're sticking with him. So either they're going to say that or they're going to say, you know what? Let's see what we can get for him and maybe we can get a couple of draft choices for him in the trade. Let's do that. And then he'll become a, he'll become, you know, a piece that they can build on with the, at another position, or they'll move on. But that's the way they will will be able to gauge just how much he has improved in a game setting, not a practice setting, because it's totally different. Even the joint practice setting is totally different than game setting. It's closer to a game setting. But it's not a game setting. So that's what you're looking for. That's what you want to see. But once again, in the perfect world, that's the only time you want to see Zach Wilson on the field. Is if it's a blowout game and you just want some mop-up duty and get him some snaps. The only time. Because other than that, it means something's happened to Aaron Rodgers. And no, that's not a good thing. So I think... Unlike the baseball season, 
I think we can look favorably on the football season. And I really believe that uh, both teams will be in the playoffs this year. And it's going to be rare that that happens, especially from a Jets standpoint. And listen, the Giants standpoint of late too, because up until last year, it'd been you know they haven't. It's crazy. The Giants would make the the playoffs only when they um, only when they were um, it, they would make the playoffs only <laughs> when when they were you know going to the Super Bowl. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Larry Hardesty Show on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. So, Yankees and Red Sox tied at one. Mets and Cardinals tied at zero. I had the chance this week just to take it. You know the NBA schedule came out. And it was a welcome distraction from Mets baseball before they ran into St. Louis, who must think, God, how bad are we? <laughs> Can you imagine if you're a Cardinals fan right now? You, you've got to be saying, oh, my God, we really, we're struggling. And this is, you know, talk about uh, uncardinal-like. I mean, this has been the team that has been really the epitome of sustainable success. Maybe not World Series, maybe not deep runs, but they've always had a winning record. They've always seemed like they're in the postseason. And this year, what are they, 16 games under 500? 17 games under 500? But anyway, I digress. It was a nice distraction to look at the NBA NBA schedule coming out. And so I was checking out my Knicks. And was I surprised that the NBA would have them open at home against Christoph Porzingis and the Boston Celtics. <laughs> of course, Brown and Tatum are still on the team. <laughs> but Christoph Porzingis and the Boston Celtics. And then just for fun, at Atlanta, at New Orleans, and a home-and-home at Cleveland, back-to-back. So you got Cleveland on the Halloween at Cleveland, and then the night after, on the first, at the Garden. Because that playoff, you know, a little Donovan Mitchell action. A little back-to-back Donovan Mitchell. Good for ticket sales. Then, at Milwaukee, going out to the West Coast, which is a really, this is a weird trip. Well, it's not really, it's, it's home. This is really home, really weird home set. Okay? Home for the Clippers, home for the Spurs, and home for the Hornets. That's weird. West, Central, and East. <laughs> that, that's an interesting, that's an interesting, uh, interesting homestand. And then looking a little further, uh, in November they have a five-game road trip. But the most interesting part is you don't see Miami until... The day after Thanksgiving. Friday, November 24th, you've got the Miami Heat at the Garden. So it, it's a, it's an interesting schedule. And of course, you know, it's the NBA. So you've got this new thing that they've got in there. The, uh, 
you know, the, the preseason, the regular season game or the, the tournament and all this. It's, you know, NBA is just, you know, crazy. But just looking at that, looking at that schedule and then looking at your roster and thinking, okay, so how good could this Nick team be, really? It's, it looks as though, for the most part, you have run, you're going to run back the same team. Now, we know that you got rid of Obi Toppin and you're going to make some moves and elevate somebody to be the backup to you know, Julius Randle and get some size. And so the, the roster is not finished. It's close to finished. And you brought back Josh Hart, which I understood. The money, it's a lot of money, but you brought him back and he was uh, an addition to the team and there was no question he was. And so that's why you brought him back and I don't have a problem with that. And obviously the way that R.J. Barrett has played for the Canadian national team, people are just thinking that he's this is going to be his breakout year, that he's going to, oh, this is the year that he just takes off. And for all the criticism and disappointment that we've talked about as far as what R.J. Barrett has done, he's still a relatively young player. So he's got room for improvement. And so hopefully he can bring to the Knicks the type of performance and abilities that he's brought to the Canadian team. The caveat to that is that it's a different skill set, it's a different level, and it's different players. And so he's not one of the top Canadian players on the Knicks. He's the third guy, right? He's the third guy behind Brunson and Randall. And in being the third guy, that means that he doesn't have the same opportunities that he was having that he has with the Canadian team. He just doesn't. So how does he handle that? Okay, how does he handle that? So that's going to be a question for this Nick team. And so, you know, just starting to think a little bit about uh, basketball, once again, as the schedules came out. But for me, the real interesting part, aside from what changes they're going to make and who's coming and who's not coming and whatnot, is what a big year this is for Tom Thibodeau. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, that with him going into year four of a five-year deal, the question becomes, what does he have to do to get extended? Or will he get extended? All right. He has gotten this team to the postseason in two of the past three years. Last, the first time he got them into the postseason, they lost. First round, right? Lost in line. This year, they win the first round, okay? And go deep into the second round before losing to a team that ultimately got to the finals in Miami. So there has been progress. So obviously, you know, fourth year, you don't want your, you don't really, in an ideal world, you don't want your coach in a lame duck season as the fifth year. You don't really want that. You want to know that the players understand that he's going to be here. 
because sometimes in the NBA where the, the power structure is a little different <laughs> than other sports, uh, you know, players may tend to tune a coach out after a couple of years like that or the lame duck year. So there's just things you just, uh, in a perfect world, you don't want that. Especially a coach who screams and yells and previously, and once again, there's different circumstances, different team, different personalities. But previously, year four has been like the year that folks have started to tune Tibbs out. Get tired of being yelled at, get tired of the long practices, get tired of the long minutes during the season, get tired, a little tired. And so it kind of, it kind of, you know, gets on your nerves a little bit. But from a production standpoint, if you're a player, you're you're happy with the fact that he's been able to get you to, you know, he's gotten you in the postseason for a franchise that has not seen a lot of postseason action over the past decade. I mean, this is a franchise that's seen a lot of their win-loss records begin with a one and a two. So the fact that you've gotten to the postseason two, two twice in three years is, like, great. To the point that even Charles Barkley has something positive to say about the Knicks franchise, and that never happens. But what... So this is a huge year for him. And what does that look like, right? What, what does he have to do to get an extension going into year five? Does he deserve an extension? Or are you saying that, you know what? We brought him in to get us to respectability. We brought him in here to be relevant again. And we have improved and we've done that to the point that there are some players who might be interested in coming to New York again. And I'm not talking about free agents, I'm, you know, trades or whatever. There might be some who are like, you know what, I kind of want to go there. Maybe. We'll see. I like what they're doing. and it's, it's, it's okay, I like what they're doing. Now, once again, you know me. I, I'm kind of a purist basketball-wise. I, I understand what they have. I understand that they've got three kind of dominant ISO guys. Brunson's an ISO guy. Julius Randle's definitely an ISO guy. <laughs> and RJ's an ISO guy. But I do think, and but I do think that Brunson does look for other people, and Randall tries to look for other people. But I think that needs to be more emphasized so that the team is better. By spreading the ball around, you're gonna be better. Ultimately, that's why Miami beats you, because you know, they spread the ball around. And I and once again, I get that you have dominant ISO guys. I understand that. See it all the time. So I just started me thinking about how this team is going to be different so that they can actually move forward. Because now, getting to the second round is expected. It's what do you do to get to the conference finals? Greg is in Piscataway. Greg, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, Larry? Happy what's Sunday. up, Greg? Hey, so my question, that, that's, that's actually a great question. To me, as a Knicks fan, he has to do a couple things. He has to, and this may be an impossible tax, he has to develop R.J. Barrett on to being a cusp of a, a star, at least, not a superstar. He has to be able to adapt to talent, because let's just say, hypothetically, there is another star that's available that the Knicks can get. What if he doesn't fit Thibodeau's style? Are they going to say, oh, he doesn't, we don't want him? You know, so he has to be able to adjust, because he hasn't shown that particularly in the um, you know, three years that he's been here. 
So those are the biggest things to me. Um, you know, I think he's done a great job. I think he's gotten us to the point of where we wanted to be. Like you said, Knicks were irrelevant prior to him coming. So we're at least somewhat respectable, but, you know, where's the next, where's the next level? Yeah, that's where I am, Greg. Thanks for the phone call. And you're right. That, that is what has to happen. He's got to be able to adjust to talent. And he's got to be able to, to manage minutes. And, okay, everybody's not going to be a shutdown defender. This is the NBA. <laughs> everybody's not a shutdown defender. You have to take your losses. And, once again, it's developing young players so that they can meet your demands. You have expectations. You're a head coach. Every head coach has them. And as much as this team may score and, and you know, DiVincenzo has been added as a three-point three maker, and he will make a difference. But the identity of this Nick team is their defense. That's the identity. Yes, you want them to score, but the identity is their defense. And so can we bend on the defense a little bit so that we can get more offense? That's going to be the question. I don't know if Tom Thibodeau can do that. Jacques in Rockland City. Jacques, you are next on 98.7. What's up, buddy? Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my whole thing is with um, R.J. Barrett. Like, I think Tom Thibodeau um, has done a great job for the most part. He stresses defense. But the upper management needs to do a better job of getting him his type of players. You understand? The, the Evan Fournier's, the Kimball Walker's, the Cambridge's and all that stuff, those are all, like, you know, desperation moves to try to satisfy fans because of, you know, you know, missing at, um, missing at opportunities. And I don't think Thibodeau should be full blame for that. He does what he does. You know what I'm saying? He, he produces good teams. Um, they compete all the time. And, you know, they get butt so far. But um, we need more players or an addition that, that counts. You understand? Now, with RJ, I think in his position, being the third pick in the draft, like you said earlier, being the third option on the team and still averaging 20 points a game and being effective, the back action of RJ is like ridiculous. And I've always been someone that said that Julius Randle has been holding back RJ for the longest because he's, he stops the ball mm-hmm. and everything like that. And for the longest, I've been saying that we need to move on from Julius because I feel like we've peaked with him, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it would be better for him, too, to move on to another team and be a second or third option just to you know start all over. But I feel like our young core – including R.J. Barrett, is is the way to go. And he's proving that he's, he, he's worth it because I think he works very hard and he's trouble-free. He doesn't give any problems and he's a gamer. So You're right, Jacques. Thanks for the phone call. You're right. And, and the question becomes, but once again, from Nick management standpoint and from Tom Thibodeau's standpoint, Jacques, Julius Randle is, one of, is a player that Tom Thibodeau loves. He loves him. He's one of his guys. And I know we run the stat all the time, 20 and 10, 20 and 10. It's hard to get 20 and 10. It is. And that's what Julius Randle gives you. Julius Randle gives you 20 and 10 every single night, every night. And it's hard to, you know, it's hard to poo-poo that for a team that has trouble scoring. It just is. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.